How many people know Jeff and Mona Gensel? I was on the phone with them yesterday talking about what's going on. And the Lord, just exactly what she said is what I was saying to them. They are people that really got a hold of this and the way that it transformed their lives, the things that they did, and I know many of them that nobody else would even know. The things that they did were extraordinary and what God has done with them has been extraordinary. It has completely changed life. And they said so yesterday. They went, this completely changed our lives. It was beautiful, perfect. So ushers, if you could come forward. And congregation, thank you. So Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, we pour out into you lovingly, thankfully, with thanksgiving, with praise, with wonder, and with saying, God, in Jesus' holy and precious name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Transform me in this and everything else. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I have a little introduction to what we're going to be doing today, and then I'm out. I don't mean I'm gone forever, I mean I'm out for the day. Uh, for those of you who did not know, we're doing something very different today. I hope if you're visiting and that sort of thing, that you will see a family dealing with a big decision in an excellent way. Don't go too much brighter on that, if you, if you don't mind. Thanks. Um, and so that's what we're doing. But now let me, there's a couple things that are super important. Here's the most important one for us to get this right because God has a blessing in this if you get this right. He has a protection in this. Here's how this works. Foursquare is not a denomination that votes on pastors. There will never be a vote on Josh or Justine or somebody else or somebody they bring in or anything. There will never be a vote. Now, you may, that's not American. That's not American, okay? But there is a reason for it. The biblical pattern is appointment. Paul would go in, and by the anointing that God had given him, he would appoint the person that God was saying was the right person. Now, that doesn't mean that other people had nothing to say or do or anything else. It doesn't mean it was from on high. It just means that the ultimate authority, the, the responsibility, the anointing is upon the one that's appointing to get it right. Now, let me show you what I mean by this. I adore Josh and Justine, and that's who we're talking about today, Josh and Justine. JJ2 as a team, but we're really talking about Josh and Justine and whether or not we're supposed to ask Foursquare to consider them, or my boss, Dave Veach, who is the anointed one, to consider him, them, for the pastorate of this church to form the team and do all of that. That's what we're doing here today. But now watch, see, I adore them. I love them. I've been working with them for 20 years. They have done so many things in so many ways. It's just absolutely been extraordinary. I love them with all my heart and always will. And that what that does is, remember, I'm a guy that walks with a limp. I'm always looking for where my bias might be influencing my correct discernment of the Lord's leading. And so because we love them, because sermons have been good, because ministered into our life, because love Josh, because, you see what I mean? Because of all those things, it's very easy for us to get the decision in a loving way wrong. <laughs> you see it? There's our bias. 
Our bias is, of course we love them. Of course we would want something great for them. This is what we want for them, right? And so the point is, God has given us a thing of protection. A man who we will pray for and start praying for him now. We'll pray for him today, John. We'll pray for him throughout this time. We'll pray that Dave will do right in whatever it is that God gives him to do here because that's how this, is, this works. And so he becomes a check to where let's just say that we got it wrong because we love them. Wouldn't you want the Lord to come in and say, I love you. <laughs> I know why you did this. I love your heart. I love your heart for them. But there's something else I want to do. We want that to happen we want that check there. Now, it'd be wonderful if we said, gee, we really believe it's supposed to be Josh and Justine, and then we give it to Dave, and Dave says, I prayed about it, fasted about it. I really believe it's supposed to be Josh and Justine. That'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? But I want to tell you, for real, it's just as wonderful, even if we say it really is them, and he says no, and here's why. Because we love them. <laughs> here's what we don't want to do to people that we love. Make a decision for a, for a loving reason that hurts them. <laughs> I don't want to hurt them. <laughs> I want to get it right. And I am thankful to the Lord that he has a biblical pattern for helping us get it right. So that's what we're doing. Does everybody get it? That's the process. That's what we're doing here. It isn't a vote. Now, now let me take it another level, though. I want to make something very clear. I am absolutely certain that God's calling is upon Josh and Justine's life to be pastors. Their calling is that, their experience is that, their anointing is that. Everything in my years, the reason why we're there up here is because there's a chance that they're supposed to be doing this church now. But understand something, just because God's calling them doesn't mean it's this church now. Do you see it? They are genuinely called, and they will be pastoring. I just believe that with all my heart. I've got a lot of experience in these kinds of things, and, and I can see that anointing on somebody, and that anointing is on them. I got that. But you have to understand, that's a problem, <laughs> because that's going to make me say, here now. So I have to do something, and I'm asking you all to do it, and this is an incredibly difficult thing to do. You have to get everything out of your mind. I know that's tough to do, particularly for a guy like me. You don't want to go inside of my brain and see what's going on. There's just, look, here's what we're not doing, okay? You know, I think our preaching is good and we'll bring people in. Or I think Josh's love for people will help build teams. Or I think that they have this qualification. Or I think they have this experience. Or I think they have this. And, or I don't think they have this. Or I don't think they have that. What I'm asking you to do is I want you to lay down as best you can and it's not possible to do entirely, but as best you can, I want you to wipe the slate clean so that you can go to the Lord, pray in the Spirit, and ask Him, and He can give you a sense. Now, again, I understand for somebody like me, that's actually a fairly easy process because this is what I've been doing in my life for decades because I know my biases. I know where my dogs are. I figure out where my dogs are, and then I work at getting them out. I never make a decision because I put up there, this is the plus side and this is the minus side. Check, 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 check. I've never, ever made a decision that way. And I won't. Because what I recognize is, is that that's putting something before the Lord. My understanding. Let me watch this. 
Hasn't the Lord been saying that he wants to do something new? Strongly? Well, if you judge the new pastor by the old paradigm, what are you going to get? <laughs> You're going to get the old paradigm. You're going to get what's right for that paradigm, right? Well, they need to be this way and they need to be that way. Look, if, if you compare them with me, that'll hurt the church. It'll hurt them. It'll hurt everybody. What we have to do is we just have to do the best we can do in the Lord of absolutely wiping the state clean and saying, God, just praying in the spirit, God, what's the sense of things so that I can get this right? So that I can say, boy, you know, my sense really is that. And then as I did last week, kind of trying to show you what a decision looks like, then you can start looking and saying, well, is it being confirmed? Is it and you don't let the confirmations change you. You just let it affirm and confirm and affirm or, you see what I mean? The whole thing will work together as life. It'll, it'll become more and more obvious and so on as you walk down the thing. But we're going to keep the first thing first. And that is this simple question. As a congregation, as a family, are we to present them to Dave? That's it. And then we're going to trust Dave. We're going to trust God, who Dave has anointed and mantled for the role that he has. And I'm telling you, he's, he's got a very good track record on this. I want you to, when Dave comes in here, I, I want you to love him, okay? This is a good man. He's got a tough, got a tough thing, right? He's got to get it right. We can help him do that. Okay, so with that, here's what's going to happen today, real simple. The first thing we're going to do is pray, because that's where we need to start, right? What do you want to do, Lord? <laughs> and so we're going to pray. Now, John Bannum is going to lead the entire service. From here, I'm gone. I'm not gone. I'm going to be in the back. But I'm not going to say anything or do anything. If I make it through the whole time, you guys can all cheer at the end, okay? But I'm out. You have to understand that. This is very important that this family functions as the family, starts functioning as the family that it's going to be, right, without us here. So that's what we're doing right now today. So John is going to lead us in a time of prayer, and then we're going to do a question and answer. And on the question and answer, you know, what kind of questions and everything? Well, understand something. They're not presenting to you a big plan and a big, this is what we would do, because then you'd be voting on their plan. You see that? Of course they've been thinking about it. Of course they've been praying about it. They're going to have some thoughts. You can ask them questions, but here's what I'm asking you to do when you ask them the questions, no matter what the question is. The reason why we're putting them here, it's not a job interview. It's, a, it's just questions because maybe in their answers, God's going to trigger a yay or nay. He's going to go. And it's not because of even what they said. It's just being there. You know, it's like I always tell people, if, you're gonna go to, if you think you're going to go do something, you got to go there and try it for a second. And it's not to say, oh, I like this and I don't like that and do your check marks. It's to just say, is this home? So what I'm hoping is, is that this process of prayer and then just a little conversation, that God will start speaking to us. So Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, speak to us. Only you can, surely you will. Because you love us, because this is your church. This is your church. Your church. Never was mine, never was Julie's, never was ours. It's yours.
So in Jesus' holy and precious name, your kingdom come and your will be done. We are your sheep, we hear your voice, and we're asking you to quicken us. In Jesus' holy and precious name. Thank you, John. morning. So I am, I'm here as a, one of the pastors of this church, as, a, as an elder. I feel in my heart this morning um, a, a challenge to challenge us. Um, and I just want to follow up a little bit on something Kurt said. If you're a visitor here, and this is a little different, um, I, I hope that it's a beautiful morning for you. There, there is nothing uglier and more difficult than a church going through transition where God is not in control, right? And so I hope for us the opposite is true, that at the end of this, we can all say, and Dave can say, and Kurt and Julie can say, wow, wow, God did an amazing thing and we're excited for the future, Right? And so my hope is that, um, and my challenge is that we as a body have a responsibility. This isn't just, well, you know, Dave's going to do what Dave's going to do. We are the body of Christ, and we are called to press into him. And so the challenge to us as a body through this process is to press in, is to lean in to this process, not be afraid of it, and not sit back and wait and see what's going to happen. The way we've always made decisions at this church is in unanimity. It's never a democratic vote. And the, and the heart behind that is that because if the Holy Spirit is speaking, he should be speaking the same thing to everybody. He should be speaking the same thing to us. He should be speaking the same thing to Dave. But sometimes we don't get it right, right? But to sit back and do nothing would not be right. We've got to press in, right? We've got to seek God with all of our hearts. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to spend about 15 minutes praying. And we have people that are online watching. We're going to record this. So it's very important that our prayers get on the mic so that we can record it so that people who are online can hear it and participate. Um, we're asking, please, keep your prayers short. Keep them prayers and not sermons. Um, you know what I mean? Let's really go after God in this. Let's be led to pray prophetically and, uh, and really just press into what he's doing. We've got two mics set up. We also have um, uh, guys that are going to be roaming around with a handheld mic. If you don't want to get up and come to the mic, put your hand up, and we'll go around, and, um, and we'll... Come to you and, and pray. So let's do that. Let's press in and uh, go after this great thing that I believe God's going to do. So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we give ourselves wholly to you. We press into you, holy God. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would flood our hearts and our minds. Lord, we pray that you would speak. And that we would hear 
and we would obey and we'd be able to rejoice. Father, speak through your people. Lord, in Jesus' name, let's make sure somebody pray for Dave this morning. So, Who wants to? Right here. Father, I thank you that you have um, Lake Sam in your hands. You have good for us. And you have also established a structure that would work to help us um, be uh, move through life uh, healthily. So Lord, I pray for the decision-making that's going to come through Dave, a man that has served you for years and that you have anointed for this purpose. I pray, Lord, that, that he would be, um, even now, uh, hearing your voice. Um, and, Lord, that, that he would be, um, be able to separate out the things of the world from the things that you want to do. Um, and so, Lord, I pray that, uh, that he would be, a, um, be fully anointed by you for this decision, that you would carry him through this, that you would give him boldness, and that you give him clarity. And we are going to trust in that ultimate decision. Dear Jesus, um, I just thank you for this church and for the leadership that's been here. Lord, I just ask you to, um, you know, bless this transition and... You know, I'm first to confess about my preconceived ideas, and Lord, I just ask you that, you know, whatever we have and whatever, um, you know, thoughts that we think, oh, this is the way it should be, Lord, let us let you run this transition, Lord, and give us peace about this, and uh, give us peace and confirmation in all our hearts that the decision that's made is totally right. Amen. Father, thank you for giving us all your spiritual gifts, particularly in this time, the gift of leadership. Thank you that that's been tried in many people and not found wanting. But let the church be the church in all aspects, that all your gifts and all your graces might be fully shown here, and that as we work through this, the world may know that Jesus is lifted up and Jesus is the center of all that we do. Lord, <clears throat> we pray that you open our hearts, that you calm our minds, fill us with the Holy Spirit. When we ask questions, Ask questions through us that will help those who are still struggling to open their hearts and calm their minds so that we can all be as one in your love and your grace as we go through this journey. Father, 
Thank you so much for, for the love that we have here in this church. Thank you so much that you gave us, Kurt and Julie, that, that shared your love through them. And Father, since that is your greatest gift, and that is your command, I pray, Father, that you find the leadership that we need to continue us in growing that unity and love. We really do want to be your family and act as family to each other. So we just pray, Father, that you lead us, keep leading us, keep growing us in that area. In your name. Lord Jesus, you prophesied over this church so many years ago. This is a church. It's a city on a hill. And our light is to shine into this community, Lord. I know that's what we're supposed to be. That is what your heart is for us, is to be a city on the hill. And the banner, the prophecy over us that was spoken so long ago that they would be one as the Father and the Son are one so that the world would know that you were sent by God. Lord, that is our mandate. That is our, that's our joyous goal. That is the goal set before us, the joy set before us, Lord. And I ask you, Father God, that we would not shrink from that. We would rise into that with a roar that we would stand up, not afraid. Do not fear, a little flock. That we would come before you with joy. You care about Lake Sam more than we will ever. We, could, we cannot possibly love each other more than you love us as a body. It's impossible. And Lord, I just ask you, Father God, that we would just join you because you have something amazing for us. And let us not miss one second of it, that we would be so thrilled for this journey that we would just like roar. We would be thrilled. And I know that you have put before us authority. And as the authority over Lake, over Lake Salmon over, from Foursquare comes before us, we know that you're going to speak through him. We just believe you because that's what you said you're going to do. And we just join you, Lord. May we join you as a body, excited. Amen. Lord, you have told us that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. You are here now and you're speaking. Help us hear you. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that knows the future and you know our future. So many times I've seen you move in a way that was different than 
what I would have planned because you did know what was coming and you protected our family and our people. And so, Lord, we expect you to do that now, Lord. You know what we need in the future. Bring into us one heart and one mind so that we can follow you in the perfect way that you have for us. Amen. We praise you and we thank you and we say amen for what it is that you have, that you're bringing to us. You teach us through what you show us and we just praise you, thank you and say amen. We want more. Jesus, this is a new season for us as a church. And Father, I just ask as we walk into the future with many cultural, political, world changes ahead of us, that you will bring leadership that will equip and prepare us for the days ahead, that we can be the light in a dark world. Lord, that we can be that mountain on its, uh, the city on the hilltop, Father. You have placed us in a spot where we can affect many cultures, many people. Let us not shrink from what you have done. And Lord, we just pray for the leadership to continue leading and guiding us into your plans, into your future. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, fear not, little flock. In addition to that, that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Open our eyes, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom reign. It is your honor and glory and delight to give it as we ask we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. We're going to go for about another five minutes. So if you feel like God's speaking to you, wants to pray through you, just press in. Dear Lord God, um, I am one of the fearful. This is the only church that I've ever been to in 70 years where I actually felt the Holy Spirit and would visually see the anointing on Kurt. So please, Lord, let us get our personalities out of the way so that your will can be done. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I pray that you would put in our hearts the question of not just who is going to lead us, but rather who do you want us to be? Because that's what it's really all about. It's, uh, we, we can't just defer our responsibility to 
who's going to be in charge, but God, you need to work in our hearts and figure out who we need to be as a family and as individuals. And if we can get a hold of that, God, if you can speak that into our hearts, then I think everything else will be a lot simpler. So just uh, just speak to us, uh, God. Speak to your your vision to us um, for what you want us to be in the world, what you want us to be to each other, and how you want to express your heart through us. I'm reminded of um, um, the story of uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac and how God asked him to go on the journey and he had to trust him. And uh, um, so the word is, God will provide. Um, the Lord will provide. So we're going on this journey, and Kurt and Julie are going on this journey. So um, I believe that God will provide for them like he will provide for the body here. So thank you, Lord. Help us to believe and trust you, Lord, and go on this journey. Know that you are going with us and that you are the God who provides. Thank you, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, in your name I proclaim freedom for us as a body and individually. Lead us forth dancing as the shackles fall off our feet. So, Lord, I, um, as I'm praying, I get the sense that you are calling us um, as a body, as individuals, um, to be new people, to a new direction, to a new thing. And the, the sense I had, the picture I had, was that we've had a time where we've had someone that's giving us training wheels, and now we're going to be standing more on our own. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us would step up and to be what you've called us to be, where it's been easy to let, um, to hear from you through Kurt. Now we have to hear from you for ourselves. And, Lord, I pray that each one of us would hear you better than we've ever heard you before, more clearly, more uh, frequently, and, Lord, that our hearts would be willing to obey. I also saw a picture this last week, and it was Jesus walking on the water. And he says, come on out here. Come on out here. You can do it. And the Holy Spirit was behind saying, this is the way you should go. Walk ye in it. And I also heard the Father say, stay the course. Stay the course. Follow me. I'm going to lead you. I have a new, this is a new season. This is a new decade. This is a new year. I have newness for Lake Sam, 
Follow me into the next. I will show you one step at a time. Amen. Man, thank you, um, JJ and Josh and Justine, when you come to the front. But boy, I, I got to tell you, between last week and this week, um, man, you get a you get a sense that God's going to do something pretty special. The, the sense of unity in the prayers from last week and this week and people I know that I've talked to, man, as, as much as our hearts are grieving the loss of our friends and wishing them the best and seeing them off, um, boy, God's just speaking loud and clear. You know, I, I can do that again and more. And, and let's press into it, right? Let's press, let's be excited about what God's going to do. Amen? Okay, so um, we're going to transition here for uh, a time, and um, these guys are just going to just to spend a little bit of time kind of sharing their heart and um, what God's speaking to them, and then after that, we'll have our, uh, our time of Q&A, Okay. We, Adam actually had me test them to make sure our feet would reach the rungs because Justine and I are not very tall. <laughs> when I was a child and I went to church with her and from a very young age I've just been drawn to care and for and build up the body of Christ. It's just pretty much all I care about. <laughs> um, I wake up in the morning thinking about what we can do to be stronger. Um, and then my dad met Jesus when I was about 10 and he fully served God with his life in so many ways and so uh, you know my folks were the full-on always at church deacons working all the time and my sister and I would fall asleep under the pews and it was just a part of our lives and being in God's house and being with God's people um, the good bad and the ugly you know 
it's what my whole life has been about. And so um, after I finished my um, undergrad in marketing, I felt like I wanted to go to Bible college. And while I was there, uh, one of my classmates said, um, when you talk about the Bible, it comes alive to me. And you should always talk about the Bible. And I'd never thought about it before. I'd never thought I'm a communicator. I hadn't thought that. Um, but I didn't go into my marketing career. I went and looked for church work. It just is the drawing of my heart. And um, whether Josh and I are the pastors for this church or not, we won't stop doing what we do. You know, it's just a part of who we are. So I think um, we spend a lot of time saying, are we the right personalities for this role? Do we have enough experience? Are we uh, qualified? You know, we do all of those kinds of questions. And um, over and over, I felt like God says, those are not the questions. The questions are, Will you trust me? Will you follow me? Um, and the word Jenny gave about walking, the Jesus who walks on water, um, I have this recurring nightmare as a child of these steps that go down into deep water and I'm trying to get um, something off the steps into the water like I'm cleaning up and I trip and I fall in the water and there's a rip and it pulls me out and I drown. And that's the dream that I've had. So last week as I was praying, I saw that again. But what I saw was that the steps didn't end. It was actually God's path. And, and that it did feel like drowning, but the God who walks on water is the one who made the path. So we can trust him. And as I let myself go and not wrestle against it, I saw the path come up on the other side on an island. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you can't see where the path goes, but that doesn't mean you can't trust me in it. And it might feel like you're overwhelmed and you're drowning, but I'm the God who made this path and you can trust me. So I just want to confirm that that's the word that the Lord's been on, on my heart too. Um, my passion for the body of Christ is that we would be active and strong, that we would be full of the Holy Spirit, you know, that we would be missionaries who are alive to God's call and that this land is our mission field. And, and that all of us would know our gifts and that we would be confident to pray for people and, and confident beyond our, like, personalities. Be confident in the Lord to be his people. So my prayer for this church is that and that God would pray, place the right leadership here to lead us into that. So that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like um, we don't have a clear yes or no and I feel like the Lord hasn't told us that because we're supposed to be submitted to the process of Foursquare. Um, but what I have on my heart is, however God wants to use me, I say yes. Yeah, actually, I think there's, there's, there were two prayers that really encapsulate my heart for this process and where we're at. And one was, Jenny, I, this last week, for me, God spoke to me, continue continue down the path. And I think there were, there were two parts of that. There's one, this path that we're walking down right now that we're saying, God, are, are we supposed to be pastoring this church and the process and all that? But the other was 
the path that God has led me down over the past 45 years that I've been alive. Um, when I take a quick glance at my life, I feel like it's this random assortment of things that I've done with no clear through line. But I felt like last week when I saw that path, I was like, oh, wait. There actually is a through line to this place right now. Um, and that was actually encouraging to my heart. You know, it, it's that God would be working this seemingly random sort of events to, to what he has for me and for us and for this body. Um, so I'm excited about what that means, um, whether we're the pastors or somebody else's or I, whatever that means. I'm excited for that because God is leading me down a path and I do want to continue and walk that, in that way. Um, the other, I can't remember who prayed, I think it might have been Linda, said, God, get our personalities out of the way so that you can do what you do. And from the moment that Kurt asked us if we wanted to, if, if we were supposed to be the ones to lead the church, I had this like almost dichotomy of things in my heart. One was, no, that freaks me out. <laughs> it's too big. It's too much responsibility. Um, God hasn't prepared me for that. But then the other side of it was, but God, he's been leading me. He's been speaking into my heart. And I've found myself, especially in the past couple of years, when I am actually praying for us as a body, when I'm praying for what God wants to do, what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us and in us, there's an excitement that builds in my heart for what we're going to as a family and where God's taking us. But when I start thinking about the job, I tremble. <laughs> it's scary because I care about you guys and I care about the journey that, that we're on as a family and I want to get that right. I don't want to be in the way of, of God. I don't want my personality, my fears, and my uh, whatever that might be to be in the way of what God is doing here. So I want what God's right. I think I would love I would love to do this. I would love to take this on. And it actually scares me to say that. <laughs> so um, I am not in contention or in the position of being the next lead pastor of Lake Sam. So you're like, why is JJ up here? So um, just so you guys know the process that we're in, I was hired almost nine years ago. I still feel like I'm New Lake Sam, but it was almost nine years ago. Next month, it'll be nine years. As, to be um, children's pastor, which you guys know I love, um, it's expanded to pastor the generation, but also to be executive pastor. And I've done some of those pieces of that job. Um, the reason I'm up here now is because Josh and Justine have asked me to be on the team with them to do even more of that in the future. And so that would change some of my job. Um, so that's why I'm up here and not the other staff. But just to clarify, because some of our staff have been getting questions, what's gonna happen to their jobs? At this point, we're all just saying, Jesus, what do you want? and no one's losing their job. Kurt and Julie obviously are stepping down, but no one else is losing their job. So just some people who've had those concerns or wonders or worries, why am I the only one up here? It's because of the position that they've asked me to consider on their team. Um, if, if it's a new pastor, that may be totally different. And all of us, 
may not be here, just based on whatever God puts on the heart of that new pastor, and we're totally submitted to that process. But how I got to where I am today, I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you, because about two years ago, um, maybe a little longer, but there's been a stirring in my heart that change is coming, something new is coming, and I've been in ministry for a long time, and so typically that means, okay, God's getting me ready to move somewhere else and plant me somewhere else, and Kurt does an awesome job of letting us know what's coming far ahead. So for the last several years in staff meetings, we've been talking and praying about transition and those kinds of things. And I really was fairly certain that God was saying it's time to move on somewhere else. And I wasn't really happy about that, but I want to be in the center of his will, whatever it is. And sometime in that process, I don't even know if you remember this, Patricia, but you came up and gave a a word during worship and you said something basically that I would summarize as, are we saying yes to God? Well, I don't get to preach in adult church that often because I love preaching in kids' church, but they'll tell you I preach Say Yes to God all the time, and I have actually preached a sermon in adult church saying Say Yes to God. Um, And even this summer, I was doing the Church at the Beach sermon, and I gave you all I'm All In bracelets because that's all about, to me, I'm wearing mine today, it's all about saying yes to God. So when Patricia said that, I'm like, yes, Lord, yes, amen. And I thought he was saying, say yes, it's time to go which I'm a little scared of too. It's scary sometimes, right, to be in that journey with God. But I heard this little whisper in my spirit say, what if saying yes to me is that you're staying? I was like, oh, okay. I, yes, I'll still say yes to that. It just surprised me. And over the next year or two, God has confirmed again and again, because I've said to him, should I be getting my resume out? Should I be starting to look? And he said, it's not your job to go look, be all in where I planted you until I tell you to not be all in where I planted you. So, In the last couple of weeks, just middle of January, we started becoming more and more clear that Kurt's time to step down is now. And during one of our staff meetings about that, I texted Justine. We were on a Zoom call, so I wasn't interrupting the call by texting Justine. And I texted her and said, I think I need to meet with you soon. And I was thinking, I need to meet with you because I need to find out about my future. And a day or two before the meeting, God said, yeah, you planned for the wrong meeting. Go to that meeting and ask Josh and Justine what you can do to serve them and what they need and what's on their hearts for the future. And so as a result of that, God really started to knit our hearts together. Not that we haven't worked together in many things, but he knit our hearts together in a different way. And so that's where my role is in this process right now. Whatever God says, we have a potential plan if it is that Josh and Justine stay, but we're submitting that plan to God. So whatever he says, what he's told me, the same thing he's told you, be all in until I tell you not to be all in anymore. So be where God told you to be. And so that's where my heart is. And just the last thing I want to share is, um, I don't know if you do this, it's something that's been significant in my life is to ask God for a scripture or a word or something at the beginning of the year. So New Year's, it's I always try to make some time just to set aside some time to just really seek God and say, God, is there something you want to give me? And often I have no idea why you gave me that verse. And as the year goes on, it becomes clear. Well, this year I also had the flu, so I had lots of time to pray because I wasn't out partying with anybody. And so I was praying, and there's a scripture in Isaiah 43. It's super common. You've heard it a lot of times. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. But the next phrase of that says, do you not perceive it? And the picture God keeps giving me is of the machine at the optometrist office. I looked it up finally. It's called a foropter. Um, It's not the thing in... Star Wars, which is how Laurie describes it. Oh, it's that mask in Star Wars. <laughs> um, it's, but it's called a foropter, and I have bad vision. My vision is like 20 over 400. So when the doctor starts to clarify it, then I perceive it. But when he first puts it on, I don't perceive anything. 
right? But I feel like God's saying, not just to me, but to us, do you not perceive it? Right now, I'm putting that machine on your eyes, and I'm starting to clarify what my next steps are. So as we pray, as we seek God, our heart isn't, this is who we want, this is what we want. Our heart is, God, help us perceive what you're doing. Put those machines on all of our eyes spiritually and tune us in. You've been talking about it for a long time, but now tune us in to see exactly what you're saying. Okay, so we're going to now open it up for a, a time of Q&A. And just to recap a couple things, because I, I talked to a couple people this week, and there's a little bit of confusion of, you know, why do a Q&A if it's not our decision, all right? If, and this isn't, this isn't a job interview, per se. What we're trying to get at here this morning is what's God's heart. And sometime in the process of talking things through, as Kurt said, like he, the term he uses, like trying the code on, then we can begin to hear God speak. And so that's what we're trying to do this morning. So the encouragement to you would be in asking questions, we're trying to get at God's heart. How is God speaking to them? How is God speaking to us? Um, so that through this process, again, we can get to God's will, that we can be a blessing to Dave and those who will make these decisions. So in terms of framing your questions, um, let's stay away from the, you know, how would you guys arrange the staplers in the office? And really, you know, more, what is God speaking? You know, what is God speaking to us as a body? And I, it's, you can hear it through the morning. You can hear it, that God is speaking. Um, so let's keep pressing in. So again, we've got a couple guys running around with microphones. If you've got a question, stick your hand up and um, let's use the mic. So Sandy over here. Oh, there you are. <laughs> um, this really is actually a statement, but I wanted to stand up and pray again um, this morning. Because I, you know, I was telling God, well, I really want somebody that has lots of love or can channel love. And, but I wanted to stand up again and say, well, Lord, we really want a foundation built on the word. You know, just don't let us get it, go astray on the word. And when I looked up there and I was hearing you guys talk, I just felt such confidence that if it were this team that we would be definitely founded in the word and it just gave me such joy uh, you know I hadn't even felt that joy previously until just now and I just wanted to share that yeah you uh, touched a little bit about your background and your heart but uh, I'd, I'd like to hear about why you feel called to this church. You talked about your calling in your life, but maybe for all three of you, why do you feel called to this church? And a different question is, why do you want to do this job? Why, why, are you, why do you feel called, and why do you want to do this? Um, so I'll start with the second one first, if that's okay, Doug. 
Um, why do I want this church? Why do I want this job? Um, honestly, I don't know what else I'd want to spend my life on. That's just what it comes down to. I, it, for me personally, I'm a handmaiden of God. I'm a daughter of the house. And to serve God and invest in God's people, it's, it's what I want to give my life for. So um, where that happens, I'm open-handed about it, actually. Um, when I moved here 21 years ago, I came as a missionary, which might sound weird because isn't America a Christian country? But I actually felt like I was a missionary to the American church. Not for salvation, but for the future. And I, my conversation with the Lord has been, don't you mean, like, why would you want me to be a leader in the church? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And what I felt over and over is, why would God bring an immigrant girl to America for such a time as this? because he's trying to heal the land of things that have happened. And there are people who will never know Jesus unless the church is diverse um, and that I'm part of that. Um, as far as why do we feel called here, I don't know, Josh might have a different answer, but when we first got married, we were both um, on team at Eastside Foursquare. I was a ministry intern and he was um, a key leader in the college ministry, and we got married, and it, it felt like we should stay there. Why wouldn't we stay there? But we just felt this calling to go and be part of a smaller church where we could make a big difference with our gifts. And he was at Northwest U and had a list of a ton of pastors who had come through and had spoken. But I had worked at Christian Supply on Bell Red. You probably may have come in and met me there. Um, and I had met Kurt and Julie, and, and they, they seemed like people who lived out the mission. And so I said to Josh, we can totally do your list, but could we pre please, please, please go to this one church first? Um, and it was up at the old building with the orange walls, you know. Um, and, like, I don't even know, 10 minutes into the service, he leant over to me and he was like, this is it. We don't have to go anywhere else. <laughs> This is where we're called. And I had a great list of churches to go to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. And I think really for us at that moment, we ended up becoming the youth pastors, not because we came to the church to apply, but because we saw we started volunteering in the youth group right away. And one night we both felt like the Lord said, independently, these are sheep without a shepherd, and will you care for my sheep? So we just went to Kurt and said... We're willing to care for the sheep. And he was like, you're not qualified. And, right? And it was like a journey. He, he's not here. Kurt is not here. So I can say whatever I want <laughs> about him. Um, but in the end, um, Kurt felt like the Lord said, hire them. And, and, and it just was so apparent to us that God had put us here for a time, and then we tried to leave quite a few times. Josh and I have been fired from working here twice, I think. I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> I, I've, You've been I've, fired. I've been fired once. Yeah. <clears throat> because we're so open to the Lord twice for Adam as well. Twice for Adam. Um, it's a, just a joke, but it's, it's real. It's not a joke. Um, 
And each time, you know, when, when you're let go from a pastoral position, it, you would think, why not? You should leave. And that's what usually happens. But as we prayed about it, we felt like the Lord said, stay. And actually, there was a point at which we really wanted to leave and we were begging God, like, please release us so we can leave. And I think, again, independently, we both got the word, you will stay until the doors are closed. And we actually thought that would just be a few weeks. Because I don't know, right? Yeah. And here we are. That was before our daughter was born. So it was like 10 years ago. Um, Oh, 11. Yeah. So anyway, in this process, we have said to the Lord, are we supposed to pastor this church? And the word that keeps coming back to me is you stay until the doors are closed. That's the word God gave us. That's the one that still stands for us. And so we are here until God makes it hugely apparent that we should not be here anymore. We don't know what that looks like, but I'm pretty sure we'll know when it happens. Um, And so it might be Dave saying it's somebody else. I don't think so because we're still part of this body. But um, that was very long-winded. I apologize. JJ, do you want to – did you have an answer to that question before we move on to the next one? I don't think so. I think – I guess the short version for me would be I'm here to serve however God leads me to serve and use my gifts and be all in. My passion for being here, as a lot of you know, is your kids and the generation. And so since I've been here for nine years now, all the kids in youth group are my kids too. So my passion is raising up Gen Z, just like your passion is raising up the millennials, which is kind of a cool combination of what God's called us here to do. Um, Because this is also my full-time job and I'm single, if a new pastor comes, then God's way of letting me know I'm not supposed to be here anymore is whether or not he invites me or she invites me to serve on their team or not. So that, I leave that in God's hands completely. Um, Thanks. Uh, Actually, I wanted to affirm something you were saying because what was laid on my heart was a couple of times you guys have been in service and the church has said, thank you, your services are no longer required. And Josh said, it feels random to me, but I see a through line. It's interesting to me that a couple of times there was no place for you here, but you're still here. I just wonder if she might expand on that because that was very strongly laid on my heart. You are still here. I think that... um Um, faithfulness is something that I hold as a very important attribute of God's people and being faithful to the body where he has placed you I feel like is really really important I fear that God's people too quickly leave just because they don't like the new paint or (laughs) the style of worship, you know what I mean? Um, And so, and I think it's the same for you too. In our hearts, it has to be utterly clear that we're not supposed to be somewhere before we will leave. And even if that's personally embarrassing to show up at the church where you were let go, I don't care. I would rather be faithful and embarrassed than... um, and I think I learned that from my parents, honestly. But, and so actually I feel like sometimes I hold it too strongly. 
because I'll stick with things that maybe I shouldn't have. But, um, but I believe that faithfulness is who God is. So um, also the body of Christ is broken and limping and we're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, but we are not yet beautiful. And so um, leaving relationships because it's hard is not our DNA as God's people, you know? And um, that's definitely something God built through my life. As a child, my family was kicked out of a church because my mum, during the chorus leading, said, this, this chorus says to raise holy hands. If you'd like to raise holy hands, you can. And then we got kicked out of the church for it. So I watched my parents be treated very badly um, many, many times and it made me love the church more because it shows our need for the Holy Spirit. And it makes me want to dig my heels in, not run away, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, I think it, it's easy for... I, I've uh, Two parts of my personality. One, it's easy for me to be faithful and just stick with that thing and just keep doing it even though maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, but there's also another part of me that I, I don't like doing hard things. I don't like conflict. And so when there's hard things or conflict, I, I want to run away. Um, so it's actually been, uh, we've had a couple tough times of having to decide that. And I think through the journey that I've had, it really comes down to, but wait a minute, God, what are you doing? And can I trust you in this? Um, and I don't want hard things. I don't want conflict. But that's also family. I mean, my kids don't choose to obey me all the time. And I have to be in conflict with them a lot. <laughs> but it, it's God's plan, and we need to work through these hard things. Um, yeah. We love you guys, and we appreciate all that you do here. Um, during the initial prayer time, one of the ways that God speaks to me is he says, go look up this verse. And then it's up to me, go do the legwork, and then figure out, okay, God, what are you trying to say? And during the prayer time, um, he, he gave me this, and you might recognize it. He says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable. And I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. And it goes on. And of course, JJ is shaking her head. She knows. <laughs> um, I always look for confirmation. Lord, is this something that you want to speak? Is this for me? Is this for somebody else? And you mentioned the stairs and drowning. And then JJ mentioned Isaiah 43, which is where that is. And I just felt that that was confirmation that this is, this is a word for you guys.
Uh, Justine, when you've been speaking, every time you've said the word mission, it's resonated with me. Looking in the news, we can see how this country is drifting away from God's values. And looking at Bellevue itself, a couple years ago, it was 40% immigrants, and that has only been increasing. Would you take a mission model with this church or consider that uh, to reach into this culture that is becoming increasingly not Christian? That's a great question. Um, it's an, can I speak to that? Maybe that will help. Even as we're working with Generation Z, which is uh, basically birth to early 20s, we have students who are now afraid to say they're Christian in school, which it used to be popular to say you're Christian in school. Everybody was Christian in school. It's becoming... Um, our culture is not Christian anymore, and we're all called to missions, which I've heard Justine say all the time, our life is a mission. But to speak to what program we would do or how we'd execute that or how Justine and Josh would execute that, that's beyond the scope of this meeting because God hasn't given us permission to go further than that at this point. Does that help answer? So I can speak to one of the things that bound my heart with Justine's is she constantly is saying we're called to be on mission all the time, and I feel like... I can say things too bluntly, so forgive me if this is too blunt for you. Um, if God's desire for our lives was to develop our character, if that was our whole point after we become a Christian, we'd be in heaven because it happens like that. The reason we're still on earth after we become Christians is because we have a mission to do. We have a calling. And being an immigrant, it was too easy to be a Christian here for a long time. It's not anymore, and that is a way God sharpens his church. So it's time for the church to be sharpened. It's time for us, and those of you who serve with us, the kids and youth, we're going, Lord, prepare them for an, a world that's no longer Christian. But to speak to what kind of program that would look like, it's really too soon. So did that help? Yeah, that does help. Yeah, um, the one thing that we don't want to talk about right now is any specific plans, because if Foursquare doesn't believe that we're the right team for it, we don't want anyone to be disappointed or feel like, do you know what I mean? Um, but I, I do want to say this. I, I was asking the Lord about what to do about eldership in the future about a year ago. Um, and I actually said to Kurt and the elders, I think we should bring on apprentices. Um, and at the time, the consensus was not to do that. Um, but we don't have a clear cultural transition of um, godly... Um, culture built into American society right now because we're not around each other. So for me as a child, I went to Bible study with my dad to the men's Bible study because I had to. <laughs> and there were no devices or anything. So I sat and listened to men talk about the Bible for hours, it felt like. Um, and being a part of that men's Bible study, I learned some pretty good doctrine about Hebrews and Romans and, and other things like that, right? Um, we don't have that kind of thing happening. Um, my parents always had, any time a missionary was in town, they had dinner at our house. We heard all the stories. Actually, they would stay at our house a lot too. Um, you know, having dinner together, having time together, like that is, is how culture used to be. 
now we don't do that as much and and I'd like to blame 405 but I'd also like to blame Netflix um, and and other things you know what I mean we just get so busy with the all important things of our lives so we have to come up with a way to get around that because as you've heard me say we can't just get before the throne of God and say oh I didn't meet with your people God because 405 that's just I would feel embarrassed to say that to Yahweh Um, because of that we have to be more intentional about how we build the future of the church so wherever you end up wherever God calls you in your life be engaged with the kingdom of God be on mission to reach the people God's placed you around and be active in being connected with other believers that's what this is all about Um, and so I think when we talk about missional activity or or, or structures, that kind of thing, for me it would just be let your heartbeat be for the kingdom Um, and live on mission, you guys, because we are sent ones. We are sent, you know, for the gospel, um, the good news of God. So I think the heart of what you're saying absolutely resonates with me and it really doesn't have to do whether Josh and I lead the church or not. Live it out, people of God. So we're going to take one last question. Uh, Eric? So this is not really a question. This is a thought for the body um, that I wanted to share. Um, I am not a person who is uh, often given to prophetic words, but maybe this is about this is about as close as I would come. Uh, something that has been on my heart for uh, a few years ever since we started thinking about transition, and I think it's it's very important for this moment. Um, we talk about God is doing a new thing. And it's easy to uh, to say, oh yeah, you know, it's a new thing. Obviously, Kurt and Julie are leaving, and we're going to have something new. And I think God really wants to have that go deeply into our hearts. He wants us to marinate in this idea that He is doing a new thing. And that principle cuts across all of the, uh, the, the possible decisions that are before us. If, if uh, Dave Veach decides that oh, just, Josh and Justine are the people to take this church, then in our hearts we might be thinking, well, great, then everything will just be the same as it always was, you know? But that's probably not what God has in mind. We can't say, oh, you know, Josh and Justine and and Julie, uh, you know, you you guys just need to do what Kurt has always done. No, this is a new thing. We need to open our hearts, open our hands, let go of our preconceived notions. Or maybe Dave will say, uh, I have someone else to bring in. And clearly, that would be a new thing. But there again, we need to not hold on to the old ways. We not need to not say, this is bad that everything is changing. No, this is good. This is right. And it's, it's not 
a commentary or a judgment on the last 23 years. God does a thing for a time, and the thing with Kurt has been wonderful, it has been right, it has been good, but he is doing a new thing. Uh, so no matter what the decision ultimately is, no matter what uh, Dave eventually feels led to give to us, approach it with an open hand. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to the way things used to be. Uh, and just accept the, the new future and the new thing that he's doing. Amen. And I, um, we're going to, Michael Oswalt. I haven't been here much in the past two years because I fellowship at another uh, congregation, but God led us here to be praying with you guys. And we've just gone through a transition. I would challenge everyone here to commit to an hour of prayer about the transition each week. If you want to get together and do that, that would be probably multiplying, but in any case, I challenge you to that. Yeah, we do need to be pressing in. I just, very quickly, and then we're going to wrap up, I wanted to get back to what Eric was saying, because God had given me the exact, basically the exact same thing as a closing, and so we're a little behind our time, but I, I think it's important, because God's saying it again and again and again, don't be afraid of what's new. If it's Josh and Justine and JJ, it's going to be new. It will be completely different. If it's somebody else, it's going to be new. It's going to be completely different. And that's where we get to press into God and rejoice. And just a, a quick story. When Lori and I were, were here years ago when it was Grace, we left to go get married to help out at another church. We came back. We met with Kurt and Julie. And Kurt said, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I happen to have a list. <laughs> I did. And I pulled it out and put it on the table. I had a list of the qualities of the church and of the pastor that I was looking for. And other than being alive, Kurt had nothing in common <laughs> with my list. He didn't meet any of my criteria other than he was breathing. He was not what I wanted. But God gave us a clear yes to come here. And it's radically changed our lives and the lives of our family. So don't be afraid yeah, we're sad to see him go, but we rejoice in what God's going to do if we press in and go after it. Amen? Amen. Okay. Amen. So just to wrap things up, and I think it's been said well, but um, I have had the privilege of being a part of five or six church transitions um, on various forms of leadership roles, and um, not my personal ones, ones I've had to team with. And some have been great, and some have been... Not so great, and some, you know, all everything in between. Um, but the most important thing that God has shown me, and ha and in helping lead congregations, God has had me challenge is a lot of what we've been saying. There's a quote from Abraham Lincoln, and there was some controversy about that quote a while ago. I looked it up, and it's been quoted, credited to him as early as 1881. So it's a solid quote, um, where he said one of his generals came to him and sh said, "Should we pray that God is on our side?" And his response was, "No." We should pray that we're on God's side. 
We live in a divided culture. We live in a divisive environment. There are no sides in this except God's. There are no, yes, we have opinions and God's given us good brains and we want to reason them together. We want to pray together and we want to call each other on our threefolds and our small groups and our community groups and pray and seek God. But it's not about our will. It's about his. And his will will be done because we're going to surrender it to him. And so just want to encourage all of us to hold our hearts up to him in a way. He's going to do something in all of us. Transition takes all of us deeper if we let him. So it's exciting, scary too, but exciting to say, God, take us deeper. God, we want more of you. What has happened at Lake Sam through Kurt and Julie's ministry has been amazing, but don't we want more? So just want to encourage us to go, God, we hold it loosely because we know it's yours, not our will. And we want more. We're going to, com- we're going to commit together to not be that divided, binary, political thing that happens. But we are one in seeking his face and trusting him that his will, will be done. Amen. We're going to have a time of communion, John. Well, there you are. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a time of communion. So if you just reach forward and grab your your cup. Um, This is a family time, and we've had a really um, close time. And one of the things that, you know, am I holding it wrong? so communion came out of a time with, when Jesus was on his, um, the, the night before he was betrayed, or the night he was betrayed, and he asked people to get together. He says, take the cup, and he said, have the cup, the, the, um, the bread, and he says, this is my body broken for you. And that's for us, you know, as we, um, you know, that Jesus has gone before us and um, given his life for all the mistakes we've made, but wherever we're going, he's gone before us. So I just encourage you to take um, the bread and um, think of, of him. He says, do it in remembrance of me. And then he took the wine and he uh, said, this is my blood spilt for you. And it's for all of us for this church and it's for each of us in in our uh, walk and so he said take this this is my body uh, my blood spilt for you do it in remembrance of me so do it and so let's just close this time with a word of prayer asking God's blessing on on our time and that he would speak to our hearts So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the body, this body, this family that you brought together. We thank you for the way that you've built us to the place where we are today. And we commit ourselves to walk um, in your voice, that you speak to us, and we want to do your will. And we just want to give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down,
couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending reckless love of God Couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. So, Father, this morning we are just thankful for the words that you've spoken. And God, we're thankful for what and how you're going to continue to speak to us. So God, this week as we go just through our lives, would would we in our prayer times encounter you, God? And would you give us revelation? Would you give us uh, prompts to pray for? And God, would you help us find time to seek you? God, would you meet us differently this week? And may we for sure know that we're hearing you correctly, God because we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. So before we dismiss, uh, Kurt wants to give the congregation an opportunity to, if you have questions that maybe you weren't able to ask here or that you didn't want to ask publicly, will you please email him? He's looking for, you know, I believe this or I, you know, I, I believe it's the right thing or I don't. Or He would love to hear from you. So when you hear from God, would you email Kurt? And that's just Kurt B, C-U-R-T-B at lakesam.org. And he would love to hear from you. Uh, for the rest of it, we just would love to have you stay for lunch. And so it's going to be literally right outside those doors. And as a family, let's spend some time together, hopefully. There's no games, there's nothing, but, but time together today. And so we'd love to have lunch with you. Otherwise, if, and those of you online, thank you for joining us. And I uh, appreciate you being part of our service. Uh, we will see everybody else after lunch and next week. All right, bye-bye.